Well, um, today, yeah, we're talking about uh, the theme of holiday. Holidays, how we can have a Christian discipleship of holidays. The school that I went to um, was trying its hardest to be like an English public school, where you know how in England the public schools are like private schools in Australia. So they had lots of traditions and, you know, we're trying to be very English about everything. And one of the traditions we had was that on the last day of term, on on the final term of the year, so the last day of the year, before the big summer holidays, we had this tradition of singing a hymn. And the hymn was, uh, Lord, dismiss us with thy blessing. Um, it, uh, we sung it to mark the end of the school year. And we, we sung it, get this, this, the melody for this song is called Eton College. So, you know, you couldn't get much more uh, trying to be like an English school than that. Lord, dismiss us with thy blessing. Thanks for mercies past receive. Pardon all their faults confessing. Time that's lost may all retrieve. May thy children ne'er again thy spirit grieve. And for me, whenever we sang this song, it had a Pavlovian effect. So I'm, I'm pretty sure the only words that I paid attention to were the first line. Lord, dismiss us with thy blessing. Because it's with these words that I would start to feel the bliss of the six weeks of the summer holidays Uh, which were coming up, which included, you know, celebrating Christmas and the smell of the beach and sleeping in and not having any homework to do and seeing my friends and the sun shining. See, holidays are the absolute best. And in Australia, they are part of our cultural fabric. We are famous for being a holidaying nation with our barbecues and our surfing. So right now, one of the things we we are actually, I think, lamenting a bit in Melbourne is that we're not able to have proper holidays. We just had school holidays go by. And um, for those people who have school children, you know, weren't able to go away um, as you might normally do because we're stuck in our 15 kilometre radius. It's natural to want a holiday. It's part of what it means to be human. The rest that we have when we sleep, the rest that we have on the weekend and the rest that we have on holidays is an important part of what it means to be made in the image of God. So this morning I'm going to uh, finish our series on simple spirituality, talking about holidays. How can we think Christianly about holidays? I like the word Christianly. Uh, that, that's been really the, the point of this series. Um, it's to help us to integrate the everyday normal things that we do in our life with our faith. And to do that, really, you have to learn to think Christianly. What we've tried to do is not so much give our opinion in these sermons, uh, our opinion on the body, our opinion on mealtime, our opinion on technology and on doing the mundane chores. Sometimes people, um, Christians think um, the preacher is just giving their opinion. And in a sense, you are. But more what you're trying to do is actually give God's opinion as he's spoken to us through through the Bible. We've tried to model basic Christian thought. And you do that, I guess, essentially by joining all the biblical and theological dots together and applying them to whatever the topic is. It is, in fact, possible to think in this Christian way, Christianly, about any topic if you want to. And the hope is that we all learn to do that for ourselves. And with uncontroversial topics like the ones we've been dealing with, relatively uncontroversial, the good thing is we don't need to stress about 
you know, competing Christian arguments and Christians being divided over certain issues, like we would if we were discussing other more hot topics like uh, war or marriage or money. So our Christian uh, approach to holidays this morning, in case you were wondering, (laughs) uh, is going to be based on um, thinking about the principles around Sabbath and Sabbath rest. Uh, And from that, I'm going to extrapolate out um, our views on holidays. And basically what I'm going to argue is that the Christian principles we develop and we, we get out of Sabbath extend to holidays because holidays are a, vari- a variation of Sabbath. They're a kind of a version of Sabbath. They have all the elements of Sabbath. So the three points that I'm going to make, I'll just tell them to you up front so you can follow along with the structure, is that first of all, by resting from work, holidays fulfill a key purpose of sabbath to help us to be fully human image bearers of god secondly holidays are a kind of sabbath because they're actually holy days that keep us help us to focus on god and thirdly holidays are a kind of sabbath because they are a taste of heaven so let's look at this first idea by resting from work holidays fulfill a key purpose of sabbath to help us to be fully human image bearers of God. Our longing to have days off from work is not just because we get tired and not just because we love to get away. We actually long for holidays because to rest is to be fully human image bearers of God. God has made us this way. If you look at the fourth commandment, the the Ten Commandments recorded in um, Exodus and in Deuteronomy, so I'm going to switch between the two here. But just let's look at this bit from Exodus, um, chapter 20, verse 8. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. And then jump down to verse 11. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, but he rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. So resting on the Sabbath follows in the pattern of God, the creator who rested on the seventh day of creation. By resting, God's people are being image bearers of God. And it's interesting because if you look at the wider culture in a kind of very broad sense, uh, the wider culture likes the idea of Sabbath, as long as we don't get too legalistic about what we're talking about. You know, mainstream medicine, psychology, the HR departments in companies that all believe that workers need a day of rest. Um, they, they all believe in making sure we take our holidays and that it's unhealthy for us not to. But the thing is about holidays is that they can become an idol. Notice the principle of Sabbath, Sabbath is that we work during the week, but then we have a t- some time off on the Sabbath So if life was one big Sabbath, if it was one big holiday, then it would actually be bad for us. It would start to become an idol. Uh, This is more of a danger for the privileged, I think. The wealthier we are, the more opportunity we have to constantly be on holidays. We are created to rest and we're also created to work. We are called to love our neighbours as we love ourselves. How can we do that if we're always away? So Christians need to be careful So we don't let holidays dominate so much 
that we become a bit selfish and unloving towards the people around us by just not being around. For most people, the problem, though, is not that. The problem is not taking enough holidays. In fact, the fourth commandment tells us, tells the Israelites, that is, that not only should they rest on the Sabbath, but that they should make sure that everyone that's under their care, that, that they should rest too, as an act of humanitarian kindness. So if we look at the Deuteronomy version of the fourth commandment, it says in the middle there, you can see it highlighted, on it, that is the Sabbath, you shall not do any work, neither you, nor your son or your daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor your ox or your donkey or any of your animals for any foreigner residing in your towns so that your male and female servants may rest as you do. So Christians should make sure that all the people that they are responsible for take holidays as well. This is so important that even the animals need to rest. If it's good for donkeys to have a Sabbath, so should the people you are responsible for. Bosses that don't give their workers time off are actually breaking the Ten Commandments, in a sense. If you're one of those miserly sticklers of a manager with workplace policies, and you set a culture where the staff have to beg on their knees to take time off, then you're not doing anyone a favour, and you're potentially actually sinning. It's better to be generous, granting time off to the people you're responsible for, than to be miserly. More people are burning out at work than sitting around with nothing to do. Apply the principles of Sabbath to annual leave and holidays. Remind yourself of how important it is for human flourishing. Now, I use this idea of image bearing. Holidays give us an opportunity to image bear. I'm using image bearing as a verb here. <laughs> when we go on holidays, we actually have time to live as human beings in the way God has made us and to enjoy God's creation. Did you know that scientists have been able to measure the positive effect of what happens to human beings when we spend time in nature, when we are amongst the trees, when we are walking on the beach? It helps us to be calm. It helps lower anxiety. Uh, there's this new magazine that I'm the chair of the board of, hello, called Soul Tread. And I encourage everyone to read it, especially targeted for millennials. You don't have to be a millennial. Uh, it's lot, lots of full of lots of colourful pictures and, and uh, articles to encourage people in their faith. In the most recent edition, which is the fourth edition, Joe, as in my Joe, has this article um, called Creation Justice our calling to care for people in God's planet on page 67. And what I want to do is just read to you um, the, the start of the article, which shows how Joe on holidays was image bearing, was flourishing as a human being by being amongst God's creation. It goes like this. This is just the opening. Our little family is away and out of the city at last. We head to the bush and the much loved Grampians known across time as Gary Word. It is glorious, sunny with wintry shadows. Moss and grass and fresh shoots make the greens look their best and contrast the pale trunks of wise and deeply rooted gum trees. The particular green, grey and ochre of the native bush 
resonates profoundly in me. And behind it, towering and reassuring, are enormous rock faces and mountain ranges, so solid and ageless. I dwell in conversation, adoration, and the presence of my Creator God. As the house looks up to those great rocks and ancient bush, I can't keep my eyes from the magnificent views. I see little ground birds, oblivious to me, looking on, kangaroos grazing, and big impressive birds vying for my attention in the treetops. In this place, I find rest and renewal, ministered to by God and his creation. And it goes on. Not only can we go into, uh, have the opportunity to image bear by being amongst God's creation, as, as Joe was describing, but also we can do that with each other. We can enjoy each other more when we're on holidays. Holidays help us to image bear because we're more, we have more time for each other, more time to invest in the relationships that, are, that are matter to us. We can go away with friends, laugh together, make meals together, have fun together, form special memories together. For married couples, holidays are a crucial opportunity to nurture the marriage. For my 40th birthday, Joe, one of the things Joe gave me as a present was a, a little card she made and put it in a frame, which had a list of all the places that we'd had holidays at that were um, special to us. When, we, when we're thinking back on our holidays together, we're, we're just encouraged um, by, by um, the, thing, the ways that we've grown together as a, as a couple. But if you have um, kids, you'll also know that it, you know, holidays are a great opportunity to, um, uh, to, to invest in our relationship with our kids. And you know, some of the happiest memories that I have growing up um, uh, the times we drove up the east coast of Australia with the caravan and went to those various beachside towns and just had time together, playing 500 in the squashed caravan and going fishing and swimming in the beach. When we rest from work and school, we imitate God who rested on the seventh day of creation and we flourish as human beings who can reflect the image of our creator. Well, um, let's look at the second idea. Holidays are a kind of Sabbath because they're actually holy days that help us to focus on God. The word holiday comes from an old English word, um, halligdag or holy day, a consecrated day or a, a religious anniversary or Sabbath. From the start, it was a day of exemption from labour and recreation so as to focus on whatever religious festival it was like Christmas, Easter, or special saints days. You might be interested to know that Happy Holidays is from the mid-19th century. It's actually a British phrase, not American, but then the, then the, the uh, cigarette company, the Camel Cigarette Company, adopted it in the 1930s for an ad. So ironically, the, the very secular phrase Happy Holidays actually um, has, a, has a kind of a more spiritual origin Happy Holy Days. The Sabbath day is a holy day. If we look at the fourth commandment in Exodus, it says, Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. And then the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. God made it holy. We are to keep it holy and to realize it's a day devoted to God. 
I think it's good to see holidays as holy days. It's good and healthy for Christians to make their holidays time to focus more on God. The fourth commandment gives us two ways we can focus on God and on the Sabbath. The first, the first we've already discussed, which is to imitate him by image bearing. But the second reason we can remember God is because we can remember that we've been saved by him. So we look back at the Deuteronomy passage again, back at verse 15. Remember, he says to the Israelites, remember that you were slaves in Egypt and that the Lord your God brought you out of there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. If we remember the Easter story, we see that Jesus' trial and execution was rushed through so that the Sabbath might be kept holy. But Jesus rose on the first day after the Sabbath. And this is how the church came to worship on Sunday and not Saturday, which was the Jewish day of the Sabbath. And so for Christians, we do the same as the Israelites when we Sabbath. Only we remember the way God provided the perfect and ultimate act of salvation through the sacrifice of his son Jesus on the cross. The Israelites were saved from slavery to the Egyptians. Christians are saved from slavery to sin and death. I'm reading through the book of Ezekiel at the moment. Um, And if we turn to chapter 20 of Ezekiel, um, we see another way we can um, use focus on God on the Sabbath. And that is what it says there in verse 12 of Ezekiel 20. I gave them my Sabbaths as a sign between us so they would know that I, the Lord, made them holy. So in a way, image when we, when we have Sabbath, we're actually remembering God's covenant with, with us, the promises that he's made to us. So image bearing on the Sabbath, remembering our salvation on the Sabbath, and remembering God's covenant with us on the Sabbath, Sabbath are all ways we can make the Sabbath day holy. So for these reasons, we go to church on Sunday in a non-legalistic way for most Christians. Sundays are our holy day, our Sabbath our time to remember God and what he's done for us. And we can do that, that apply that principle on our holidays. But we, shouldn't, we don't need to be legalistic. We should be committed to Sunday worship, but it's also important not to be legalistic about how this all works. While Jesus affirmed the Sabbath as a holy day, he pushed back on the legalism of the Pharisees who added extra burdensome laws on top of the Sabbath so that it stopped being a a palace and more of a prison. Stop being, I'm going to get to that phrase in a minute, what I'm talking about there. Stop being a palace and more of a prison. Jesus ended the argument with the, the Pharisees with a slam dunk saying, the Sabbath was made for humankind, not humankind for the Sabbath. So when I say make your holidays holy days, don't get your knickers in a knot. Don't think I'm saying every holiday has to be this kind of super religious experience. Don't stress out about it. Sabbath and holidays are a gift of God to help us to flourish. They're not a burden. Can I say, though, that if you have a lot of time in your life, so maybe you're, you're a young adult and you, you, know, you get three months of holiday between you know, second semester and the next year, first semester, and you're just cruisy all, a lot of the time, using your holidays to do um, things like beach mission or um, leading on Christian camps or going on Christian conferences... It's a great thing to do. One of the reasons I went into paid ministry is because I did the Scripture Union Theos in Queenscliff for seven years. And I got a taste of ministry. This was such an important time for my faith as we spent two weeks looking for a husband or wife 
tick. I got that. But also focusing on God doing Bible studies, doing outreach to the local teenagers in the town and seeing God at work. And I know some of you have just spent the weekend on the, on the Belgrave Heights Women's Convention that Beck was leading. You've made a holiday a holy day. You can also make holidays holy days by spending more time in quietness, more time slowing down so that you can listen to God speak. One really important thing for Christians to know, though, is that holidays are not holidays from God. We don't want God to have a holiday from us. So we don't have a holiday from God either. When Christians constantly go away, having endless weekends away, miss out on gathering with their church, it's bad for them and their faith starts to fade. One of the things that used to really upset me at St Hilary's when I used to lead the youth and young adults was uh, when young adults would um, go on gap years and often they'd go away overseas to Europe or wherever for a year And for some of them, I knew that this gap year would become a lose my faith year. And so one of the things we used to do sometimes when people would go away on their gap year is put them up on the on in front of the whole congregation and pray for them and just encourage them to not give up on their faith while they're away for a year. Because for some of them, they'd spend their year away living a bit more wildly than normal with nobody watching them, having all kinds of unhelpful worldly experiences. And they'd come back and they'd lost their faith. So if you're going to have a gap here away from your church family, put some strict things in place for yourself so that your faith can be encouraged and not discouraged. Perhaps you could travel with a Christian friend. Perhaps you could go and stay with some Christians overseas. Perhaps you could visit some missionaries or some other churches. Holidays are not holidays from God. Karl Barth said the Sabbath is to be a continually recurring interruption. It's a reminder that any work we do does not compare to the truly strategic and powerful work of God. This continually recurring interruption reminds us to lift our gaze from our own busy lives and goals and to join ourselves to the more important work of God. As each week goes by, as each holiday season arrives, we realise that we are closer to the coming of the last day when Jesus will return. And here's my last point. Holidays are a kind of Sabbath because they are a taste of heaven. In the New Testament, the idea of Sabbath evolves. And we can read about this in the book of Hebrews, which points us to the end of time when we are worshipping, when the worshipping faithful can expect a Sabbath rest. If you look at Hebrews chapter 4, which which we had read out, Um, It says, There remains then a Sabbath rest for the people of God, for anyone who enters God's rest also rests from their works, just as God did from his. Let us therefore make every effort to enter that rest, so that no one will perish by following their example of disobedience. And this Sabbath rest is available to us now as a kind of a taster, a sneak preview of the blessings to come in eternity. When we become Christians, we hand over our burdens to Jesus and we rest in him. We come to know the peace that passes all understanding. But ultimately, our Sabbath rest is our final destination, resting for eternity in the presence of God, in the new heavens and the new earth. Sabbath begins as an idea back in the creation story, and it looks forward as it is oriented to the new heavens and the new earth. 
Sabbath is a longing for eternity. The popular rabbi Abraham Joshua Heschel said that he says Sabbath is the creation of hallowed time. He says it's a palace in time, which is what I mentioned earlier. It is a gift from our Creator who knows our limitations more than we know ourselves. And he said we should remember the Sabbath because it testifies to eternity and final rest. Life is a pilgrimage to eternity and final rest. Our longing for the Sabbath is a form of longing for the eternal Sabbath. And I think, when I think back to this, my days at school, having singing that last song on the last day of school, perhaps this is what I was experiencing when we sang, Lord, dismiss us with thy blessing. Sure, it was an exciting reminder of the summer holidays to come, but it was also a blissful taste of my eternal Sabbath to come in heaven. I know this is what C.S. Lewis thought. He thought the closest thing we can get in this life to, to a taste of heaven is the first morning when we wake up after the school term is finished. And he refers to this idea at the end of the Narnia series. Spoiler alert, one of the main characters, Lucy, when she's 17, she dies in a train accident with her family. And in the, at the end of the last book, of, in the book, The Last Battle, the lion Aslan explains it all to her. And let me read this to you. Aslan says, there was, always, there was a real railway accident, said Aslan softly. Your father and mother and all of you are, as you used to call it in the Shadowlands, dead. The term is over. The holidays have begun. The dream is ended. This is the morning. And as he spoke, he no longer looked to them like a lion. But the things that began to happen after that were so great and beautiful that I cannot write them. And for us, this is the end of all the stories, and we can most truly say that they all lived happily ever after. But for them, it was only the beginning of the real story. All their life in this world and all their adventures in Narnia had only been the cover and the title page. Now at last, they were beginning chapter one of the great story, which no one on earth has read, which goes on forever, in which every chapter is better than the one before. So what have we said? Holidays are a beautiful gift from God. They help us to flourish as image bearers as we enjoy his creation and our relationship with each other. Secondly, they are in fact opportunities to have holy days where we focus more on God. And thirdly, they are an exquisite taste of heaven. They are a palace in time and a reminder of our hope for eternity. Amen.